You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode, episode two of Darling Shine season two. Um, so this week we are talking all about mental health and it's perfect timing because this Sunday, October the 10th is World Mental Health Day. And I guess this is an international day for global mental health education, awareness, advocacy. It's all about trying to get rid of this social stigma that's created around mental health. Um, and I guess in this current climate, it's such a delicate topic. And, you know, I, I was saying to Elodie that before saying that you have depression or like the word depression, it's, 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 it's a, I don't know. I feel like people get really scared of that. And I, and, and mm. it's not like, not that there's anything wrong with having depression, but I feel like through this, so, this climate that we're living in with COVID, every single person in some way or another has gone through the ringer. And that is mental health and it's all about taking care of your mental health. And I guess that's what Mm. this episode's all about. Mm. We have our first guest for this season. Um, So we'll talk to him a little bit later on. But before we do, Ellie just wants to have a few quick words. Yes. So this is a very loaded episode with Cooper Chapman. Um, it's a really good one, but it's heavy hitting. Um, so of course we'll need to disclaim that there will be some triggering topics, um, of course, around mental health, like suicide being mentioned. Um, so if you are experiencing or thinking about suicide or experiencing any emotional dis- distress, help is available and you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. They are free and they are there to listen to you. If you don't feel like talking over the phone in Australia, you can actually text. You can text Lifeline on 0477131114. Um, a support team member will actually chat back to you over text. So I think that's really important because, I mean, at times like those, a lot of people obviously don't want to just talk on the phone. Um, so, yeah, we the hope everyone line, enjoys this episode. I learned The so text much. line's only open from 12 p.m. to 2 a.m. Also, it's not 24 hours, but the phone number's open for 24 hours. Yes, true. All right, let's get into it. So today we would like to welcome my little brother, Cooper Chapman, to our virtual studio and he's going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about all things mental health. So for those who don't know Cooper and what he does, I'll give him a little intro. Um, So in late 2019, we watched our younger sister lose two friends to suicide in one fortnight and from there the Good Human Factory was born. The Good Human Factory is a mental health organization with the aim to raise awareness through workshops, merch, gratitude cards, ambassadors, and various activations. His mission is to change the way we look at mental health and not see it as something to work on when we're struggling, but something to work on daily. Learning how to be kind to your mind is a skill we should all have. So without further ado, welcome, Cooper. Thank you for having me, girls. It's great to be on here. I'm very proud of how far you guys have come. And but mostly I'm very proud of you guys that you're inspiring your audiences to make change and having those hard conversations. So congratulations on the first season and it's great to be here now. Oh, thanks, yeah. bro. Thank you. Well, yeah, you're the podcast guru. You're the one that's done. <laughs> You've done a few yourself. You helped so us heat up the start. You were giving us all the little tips from Coops. 
So I know I just touched on it a little bit above, but Cooper, would you like to tell us a little bit about the Good Human Factory and what you do in your workshops? Yeah, for sure. I guess I'll give you a little bit of a backstory for all the listeners. Um, the Good Human Factory, like you said, started when our little sister lost a couple of friends within a fortnight to suicide. And growing up, I'll give a backstory as to why I started the Good Human Factory so it makes sense before we go into it. But growing up, we lost it, my, me and you, Chloe, obviously um, lost an uncle when we were quite young to suicide. And then I watched, um, well, we both watched our dad go through bits and pieces of depression, addiction with alcohol and for me, I was always very fearful of falling down that hereditary line of mental illness. And then through my high school years, I was very fortunate. I lived a great life. and But I always had this little voice in the side of my head, like telling me when I was doing the wrong thing, telling me when I wasn't being a good human. And then, yeah, the catalyst was Sophia losing a couple of friends to suicide. And I was like, far out. I've traveled the world as a professional surfer. I've been gifted the greatest life ever. I almost felt a bit of guilt that I've lived such a great life. And I felt, I've always felt like I've wanted to give back and may, make a positive impact on the world. And mental health wasn't something that I ever thought I'd be going to schools and talking to people about. It was just something that when I started going through a lot of surf um, losses in my events all around the world and going through some weird things with sponsorships and relationships and I started to feel like I was potentially slipping down the poor end of the mental health spectrum, I started to take a bit of responsibility and I was fearful of going home from America one time from a surf event after a few tough losses I was like, I've either got to go home and see a psychologist or I can start working on myself and understanding a bit more self-development. So I started reading a lot of books and having a pretty good understanding on how to unlock my brain and how to have a positive outlook on life. And that was before I thought anything of creating a business out of it. And then, yeah, Sophia lost a few friends and I was like, maybe I can go and inspire some kids to make some positive changes in their life. And that's, yeah, where the Good Human Factory started. And fast forward two years, I've spoken to over 3,000 um, or 2,500 students and over 500 adults around building the skills to maintain a healthy lifestyle because the more research I started to do and the better understanding I started to develop around mental health was we tend to focus on mental health when we're struggling and we'll talk about statistics a bit later, but one in five Australians each year will be um, suffer a mental illness, but over a lifetime, 45% of people will suffer some sort of mental illness. So it's something that's very common and I started to be like, hmm, we look at it like one in five have a mental illness, but five in five of us have mental health. And a lot of people don't realize that. So I'm about going to schools and encouraging people to develop skills and work on things on a daily part of it, on a daily basis, so they can have well-being that's good all the time, not just when they're struggling, they go, oh, wait, what can I do to fix this? It's no, it's a, it's a common practice, good mental health. So that's what I do. So, yeah, I run workshops at schools, um, at sporting clubs and corporate workshops as well. I run a 45-minute workshop focusing on what I've discovered now is that you get told quite a lot that you've got to find your purpose. And that was something I got told a lot. And I used to think my purpose was to do with my goals and achieving my goals. But the more I work with my sports psychologist, the more I discovered that if I live true to my values, I can find purpose in every day of my life. So now I go and inspire and encourage people to uncover what values are important to them. So for me, my five that I talk about are empathy, kindness, gratitude, mindfulness, and responsibility. And if I'm living by those five values and doing different things on a daily and weekly basis to stick to those values, I feel purpose every day. So that's what I'm trying to encourage people through doing my workshops to show them that you don't need to set goals and achieve goals to feel purpose. You need to develop values and you can find purpose in every day of your life. I actually went to one of Cooper's um, workshops uh, at my 
old, old high school. Um, before I went to school with Elodie, I went to a school called Narrabeen Sports High and Cooper did a session there before I came over to the States and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go check one out. And it's actually so funny like watching students because um, you remember back one day when we were sitting there, we're like, oh, someone's going to come and speak to us about mental health. Mm. This is going to be so boring. Um, and it was really funny for me to sit there and watch all the individual students um, like perk up, I think, ma- mainly because Cooper is like a young boy that he's kind of like one of them. So it was actually oh, really cool man. to see how engaged the – oh, sorry, you're a young man. <laughs> I'm 27 um, for all the darling shine listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the chicks yeah, listening and he's single. <laughs> and he's single. Um, but, yeah, so it was just really cool to see how engaged the students were um, because I think that they were – they had it – he felt like one of them. Um, but yeah, there, and I guess he does Cooper in the sessions and I think it's probably a little bit tricky to explain over the, um, podcast, but he does this bucket, what do you call it? Like a bucket analogy. I can, I can where, do my best to explain it. Yeah. It was really, really cool. I walked away. I'm like, wow, that's, I've never seen anything like that before. Oh, I learned stuff. <laughs> Game changer. Do you want to tell us about it really quick if you can? Yeah, so the bucket metaphor, I actually was a guest on a podcast and he told me, oh, when we're at the cubicle, he's a um, FIFO worker, like fly in, fly out, tradie. And he's like, at the cubicle, the government has a sign that says, um, how are you emptying your bucket? And it clicked in my head. I was like, we shouldn't be emptying our bucket. That makes me think, fill your bucket up with hard things in your life, pour it out. And I was like, that's not Mm -hmm. a way to maintain mental health. So I was like, the way I do it is I get, I have five small buckets and one big bucket on the table. And the five small buckets, I say to the kids, who's gone through a family member passing away and it was hard on their mental health? You'll see a lot of hands go up. I pull that. One of the kids comes up, they pour the water into the big bucket. Another kid comes up who's lost a pet and then who's had an injury. All these different things that we all go through in life that we can all agree on are difficult and make our mental health have a negative effect on our mental health. There's things that we're all going to go through. It's unavoidable. Obviously, you guys on this podcast talk about so many difficult topics that affect mental health negatively. But what's important is how we empty our bucket. And the way that I describe it is you need to have holes in your bucket. So no matter when water pours in, it's not filling up. It's always Mm -hmm. leaking out. You want to be always pouring water out. So as I go through my workshop, we pour in five buckets. It fills up to the top of the bucket. But then I go through the five values. So the first value, I talk about kindness. And then I peel off a sticker. Water starts pouring out. The second value, I talk about empathy. I peel off another sticker. By the end of my workshop, the bucket's empty. And the bucket's a metaphor. With a full bucket, you have poor mental health. When you have an empty bucket, you have good mental health. So I encourage people to start to ask themselves the question, what holes do I have in my bucket? And if I don't have many holes, maybe I'll start to either implement some of the ones that Cooper's talking to me about today Mm. or take responsibility. And that's one of my main pillars is responsibility and start to try and develop the skills so I can always be empty my bucket. That is so cool and such a good analogy, I guess. Obviously, we'd all love to have that empty bucket, but life just happens and it fills up. So we need those holes to create like a release here and there because mm. there's always got to be that balance. Um, Definitely. I just love your ability, as you said at the start, to like almost look at yourself from the outside in and determine when you may be on like a slippery slope. Um, can you talk to us about acknowledging when we're on that slippery slope and when to maybe get help? Um like when that moment might be to just I need to call a friend or I know you said that it was more so you looking at your sister and your family and others going through mental health that kind of got you wanting to become more of a mentor. 
but um just in terms of of if someone's kind of in that like I guess there's there's kind of no levels but if they're if they're in a spot where they're like fuck I don't know if this is I don't know if I'm at a turning point where I really need help right now or how am I going to just empty my bucket a bit more yeah how can I empty my bucket right now definitely great question I think the, the question regarding when should you call a friend if you're struggling, if you're even thinking, should I call a friend, call them anyway. Like that's what yeah, friends are there yeah, for, to have a chat to. But when it comes to the self-awareness of knowing where you are on the spectrum, I like to call it good mental health is one end of the spectrum, mental illness is the other end. We're all on that spectrum somewhere and we should mm. – I look at it like a treadmill. Life's a treadmill. It's always dragging you back to mental illness, but you mm. have to learn to walk against the treadmill. So what I've kind of discovered – through my own self-awareness is that not enough people sit still with their thoughts and meditate or actually just be mindful and check in with themselves usually until they're really far down that spectrum. So my biggest tip for anyone, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we go through this podcast Mm -hmm. is to learn to meditate, learn to sit with your thoughts and check in with yourself. I mean, I do it daily and I think it's super important. All the data and science behind meditation is unbelievable but even if it's just once a week sitting down for 10 minutes with a diary and saying like how am I feeling not not many people do that and that's when you can start making the dedicated actions to either feeling better or knowing that you're feeling good so yeah my biggest tip is to sit still with your thoughts and check in with yourself and if you're not feeling good yeah make some actions about it and if you don't feel that's why the good human factory started I personally found it very hard to ask for help and there's not many like be working in the mental health industry, it's kind of weird saying that, but that's why I developed all these skills because I was, I, I still find it hard to ask for help. But because I've got these skills, I know my bucket's never going to fill up because I'm constantly emptying it because I have all these different skills that I do on a weekly and daily basis. I was actually thinking this morning um, when before we did this episode, because I was like thinking, what are some ways that I um, kind of, stay on top of my mental health and I'm thinking Farah, it's really actually hard to think of what you actually do I don't know I I, I don't feel like I'm actively ever doing anything specific I, I mean I'm for sure have suffered from really bad anxiety through school um, I mean I, I, I definitely go through my ups and downs for sure I mean the, the last two years in my life has probably been the most insane roller coaster ride I have been on um but like Cooper just said when I when I was thinking about this earlier I was like what do I do and I'm like the only the only real thing that I can say really helps me is meditation but like I I don't actively do it enough I actually did a course Mm. um at our local yoga studio maybe six months ago like of meditation and I didn't finish the whole course but it was actually funny because they said basically there's an app called insight timer do you use that Cooper have no. you heard of it? Uh, so there's an app called no. Insight Timer and that's basically the meditation app that I use and it's got like heaps. There's like a yoga ninja for sleep and I swear, I kid you not, I can listen to that same one every single night before I go to bed. It's like 22 minutes and I'm 100% sound asleep by the end of it. Um, but then basically in this app there's a timer and it, it's like a meditation timer. So basically you can actually set it for like, 10 minutes but then you if you want it to bring a like a bell at five minutes or a bell every minute it can kind of just like do that but you can have it as a silent meditation or you can have like like really beautiful meditation music in the background but basically when I did this meditation course they're like just do 10 minutes a day and every time we go back to the a week later or a couple of days later to finish the course they're like so who's done it every day and I'm thinking to myself 
How can I not mm. find 10 minutes of my day to sit and meditate? That blows my mind. Like it does. I, I still don't do it every single day. I only do it when I'm my bucket's full basically and I, I just can't oh get through my mind how you, we cannot find five minutes a day to sit and meditate. I can't. I, Oi, I'm laughing because do you- I'm laughing because do you remember when Fish hooked us up with that WhatsApp group and it was like a meditation group and me and Renee were like, oh, yeah, let's get on it for sure. We're so keen. And every day Fish would be like, all right, you guys done your thing today? And we'd fully reply, me and Renee, and be like, fuck, yeah, it was so good. And someone else, there was like 12 people in each group and someone else in the group would be like, yeah, and like the part where the elephant noise came in or something and me and Renee obviously never fucking did it. And we were like, yeah, the elephant Elephant noise really got my brain. I felt so calm and rah, rah, rah. I am so, I'm so annoyed at that self of mine for like just taking the piss and just, I literally lied. I was like, yeah, yeah, I done. I'm going to start that. I'm going to start that group up again because I still have that on my phone too, but you did. It's actually really good. Elodie, you're going to be held accountable. (laughs) Yeah, you guys. It's so crazy that you brought that up because I don't know if, you guys would have seen it because you guys follow. You probably don't even know what it is. But so I had that exact same thought when I was meditating, like what, it's like 70 days ago now. And I'll tell you why I know that. I was like, I'm a mental health, not expert, but a mental health advocate. I preach meditation, same as you guys. I was like, but I'm not doing it every day. I need mm. the accountability. And I worked out, I will, I've done some accountability groups before. And it's like, you're 95% more likely to stick to something if you have an accountability group. So I was like, with the good human factory, there's a lot of people that support the good human factory, but I hadn't built a community. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start. Um, so I was like, surely we can dedicate, like you said, Chloe, 10 minutes a day to our mental health. So I broke it down. So 1% of your day is 14 minutes. You get it? Yeah. So we can all agree we should yeah, be able to dedicate 1% of our day to our mental health, yeah? It's crazy. Surely. It's like, okay, so then I started these accountability groups where each day I post a 10-minute meditation for to try and then each night I post, um, a, I do four minutes of gratitude. That's 14 minutes that's for my mental health because I know gratitude and meditation are good for my mental health. And I, I posted it on Instagram and now I've got seven group chats on Instagram with I think I've got 180 members now. Every day I post wow. a meditation and every, and every day they post, every night they post um, three things they're grateful for. And there's literally like 100 people posting like mums in it. I've got my sister in one. I've got like friends, mum. I've got people all around the world. Like literally you guys would see on my Instagram every now and then these yeah, messages, yeah. people going like it's changed my life. So anyone that listening, is- if you want to join the 1% Good Club, I post a 10-minute meditation every morning. It's just a great way to keep you accountable. Should, um, Give yourself you 1% do, every day. You should do a Facebook like group to do that and then you well, can have everyone in one group or you like to have it. Well, I, try, I tried group. to do that. So what I noticed was because Instagram max is 30 people, it's created these little communities of 30 people because there's people I just read as soon as somebody asks to go in, I put them in. There's people mm. all around the world that don't know each other. I've literally had like groups of girls that randomly got put in the group, realized they live near each other and are best friends now. Like it's so wild oh, how it works. Oh, cool. But so what I've noticed by having the small groups is each day you see the same person, right, what they're grateful for. So you start to understand people's journeys and pick Mm. up and and learn just about your little group. And it's you feel a lot safer if there's only 30 of you rather than if you've got 400 people, you get lost in the pack. And it's I've have thought about that. But, yeah, if anyone's listening and wants to dedicate 1% of their day to mental health and have a group, send the Good Human Factory an Instagram message and I'll add you into one. So. Hopefully, keep growing it. You're going to open the floodgates, and you're going to be a busy boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's and, so uh, But touching on, I did write a little note down a second ago, but just t- touching on before, like everyone listening should, after this podcast, have a think because like you said, Chloe, you were thinking, oh, what do I do for my mental health? But we all have multiple holes in our buckets that are good for our mental health that we don't realize. Like for me, going for a surf empties my bucket. Going and getting a coffee with a mate empties my bucket. Like there's a lot more than just my value holes on my yeah, bucket. that's so true. Yeah. But it's, it's important to be self-aware what, has a positive effect on your mental health so that when you are having a bad day, you can go and do those things. So yeah, anyone listening, a good little challenge is to write down on a piece of paper, like, all right, what does have a positive effect on my mental health? So when you do go through a tough time, you can go and do those things. Do you know what empties Uh, my bloody bucko is this podcast? (laughs) Because I literally like don't check. I honestly, I, I think a lot of people listening, I, I don't know. I, I hope I'm not the only one. I just can't fucking meditate. I can't do it. And so when I come and do this, Chloe will literally be like, how are you? Or today we're talking about mental health and I have to actually think, fuck, how am I right now? Like I have to articulate it. Or, you know, like with writing, you might not know how you are and as soon as you write, you're like, oh, I am feeling these See, things. See, I'm and not a like- journalite. You're a, you can do You're a mm. journalite. It's but talking as well, though. Spreadsheeter. Like, I, I know, do spreadsheets. You, you're a spreadsheeter. You can put it in a little Excel. Just, just spreadsheet all of her holes in her bucket. <laughs> but, like, you can walk down the street and run into friends. Like, hey, how are you going? Yeah, yeah, good. How are you going? And that's not like a check-in. But obviously mm. on the podcast, me and you are so transparent, Chloe. I feel like I've never been so open and I felt so vulnerable, but, but in a really healthy way in my life where you're – we're actually talking about real things and how mm. we really are. Yeah, and it's, yeah I, I think it's been the best thing. Um, but I would say, obviously, not everyone has a podcast, but I would say to our listeners, meditation if you can, like you said, Coop, yeah. but writing for me, and I know you're not mm. a writer, Chloe, and I never really was a writer, but you just randomly it- put pen to paper and half of the shit I write doesn't make any sense, but it it kind of like my brain's just emptying. And then I'm realizing, wow, um, I actually am thinking mm. these things that I don't kind of consciously know. Do you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know when you, when you say you can't meditate, it's such an interesting concept, though, not being able to, saying you're bad at meditating. How many times have you tried it? I, I okay. I think Never. I just fall asleep. <laughs> I just fall asleep. Okay. You know? <laughs> That's like saying, imagine if you tried to learn to surf and you tried it three times and you couldn't stand up and you gave up. Like, it's a practice. Like, it takes yeah. time to get good at it. The way that I look at it now is I like sit there and I like like chat to my thoughts and I like go like, all right, I'm not meant to be thinking about you now, but if I need to, I'll think about it for a minute and then I let it go. Like I meditate mm. every day and I still have thoughts the whole time. It's just trying to silence them. You turn it into a bit of a game and then those moments yeah. where you get that separation from reactive thought and attaching to it, they're the like special moments in meditation, but it takes time, like it takes dedication. And if you give up too early, of course it's not going to help. I feel like, I don't know, sorry, Chloe, I don't know if meditation is such like a buzzword and like I feel like a failure because I don't just sit there and look at like, you know, the ocean in the morning or a blank wall and just like switch off completely. Like I think sometimes if I'm driving and I'm like, how did I even get here? Maybe I was meditating that whole time. <laughs> or sometimes I'm walking. Like was I? I don't know. And sometimes I'm walking on the beach. That's and I'm called just, daydreaming. Yeah, well, that's, that makes me feel good. And then yeah. sometimes no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> that's called being in fairyland, which I always but sometimes I'm walking along the beach and I just like I'll literally put my phone away. It's it's not even a thing or I'll turn anything off that I'm listening to and I'll just look at the sunrise or the waves mm. and I'll just focus on that. And I'm like, is this my Elodie kind of meditation? Is this like right or wrong? I don't know. 
<laughs> meditation to me is just stillness and mindfulness, being present. Meditation is about trying to not be ex- influenced by the past or the future, just trying to be present in the moment you're at, sitting still with your thoughts. And when you start thinking about the present and the future, going like, no, right now I've dedicated 10, 20 minutes to right now. I don't need to be anywhere. I just need to try and slow down because we're all moving so fast and the world is the pace of our life. Like literally our phones and internet are literally getting faster Mm. and our bodies have been like, you know, many humans have been around for X, Y, Z time. And only in the last 50 or the last 10 years, think about how much more our brain has had to start processing. Like think about your brain like a computer and it's like, all right, we just put a thousand terabytes of new um, data from information. We've got to learn to process it. And that's what sitting still with your thoughts can help do. It's funny because I think a lot of people, sorry, I I am definitely one of those people that thought you had to just sit there and be like, um, for 15 minutes no. and like say that same mantra in your head no, and that's... No. Okay. There's lots of meditation. What I do in my group, in the 1% group, I literally go on YouTube, I type in guided 10-minute meditation and I, there's thousands of them. I send a different one every day and every day people go, oh, that was my favourite one. And like, you just listen to different people, find one that works for you and keep doing that one. Like, you just got to keep trying. Stunning. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask as well, Cooper, I know that um, obviously the world's pretty crazy at the moment and there's so much going on and a lot of people – you know, want to help their friends, how do you, if you see a friend that you think needs help, how do you approach them without feel like they're getting like victimized or without them feeling, you know, backing off going like, no, 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 I'm okay. Like, is there, is there a way that you can, or do you just kind of, how do you start the conversation? It's obviously a very difficult one and that's kind of where the stigma around mental health comes because it's hard to have hard conversations. But my biggest bit of advice is just let let them know that you care for them and you support them. And for me, it's all about focusing on listening and giving them space to talk. So often as humans, especially men, we want to try and fix things. Somebody comes with us to a problem with us and you have to gather perspective on where they're at and be empathetic towards your, the, your friend's situation. Yes. And one of the biggest ones is checking in with them, but actually showing up for them. And I've earlier in your podcast, you spoke about it, Elodie, saying it's all good when somebody says this, but then don't show up, like don't actually come and check in. Mm. That's what it's about. If you have a friend that's struggling, like go out of your way to try and do something to show them that you care. Don't just go, oh, I wonder, because that's, it's not going to do much. But the biggest one. Checking in because it's ticking your box. Yeah. yeah. It's like when people say, um, let me know if there's anything I can do. And it's like, just come and fucking do it. Yeah. Cause it Be is hard there. to reach out. But I mean, the, the main one is that if you do have a friend that you see that is really struggling, it's trying to really give them the advice and the sort of push in the right direction that seeing a professional and seeing your GP and letting them know what's going on. Like it's no different. You're like mental health is just the same as health. If something's not feeling right you go and see a doctor and you have a chat to them and in australia we have um you get 10 free sessions with a psychologist through medicare so there's great support out there and professional help is there for a reason like these people have studied the brain and understand different patterns and have great skills but what i try and do is try and more so encourage people to develop the skills so there's Mm. early prevention but yeah like you guys said it is hard to have those conversations but it's just trying 
as much as you can to be there with friends when they're going through difficult times, empathize with them. But like you guys, like you touched on Elodie, it's like, show up, go and rock up and take mm. them a coffee unexpected. That's when you start going like, oh, that person really cares about me. And do you know what I, well, I get this a lot. And I think lots of people don't have capacity or room for the answer, like the real answer, or they don't want to know the real answer. So they'll be like, how are you? You good? With a question mark. And it's like, there's no room for me yeah. to tell you that I'm bad. You, yeah, you obviously can't, really. you, you can't hear that right now. So I'll just reply and be like, yeah, yeah, good mate, whatever, bye. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it, cause it's awkward and it's hard and people, I mean, lots of people aren't empathetic or emotionally available to that, but this is just such an important conversation so people can start to maybe, you know, really assess their friends and be like, oh, they are, like, I feel like there is a bit going on in, in their head right now or what kind of questions can I ask, like the right questions, like, hey, how's how's your family at the moment? Is, has your mum been okay? Like, um, you know, what what's happening at home lately, like, and, like checking in, and checking yeah. in isn't really a text message. Checking in, hey, like giving them a call or saying, hey, let's go grab a coffee. I haven't seen you in ages. Like if you're really worried about a friend, yeah. invite them to coffee. And if they reluctant to do it, that's usually a good sign that they're in yeah. a weird spot. And that's when you go to their house, take them a coffee and just be like, hey, how you been? Like what's, what's going on? Like just sit with them in a setting where it's just you and them so you can give them the opportunity to talk because so often we're in settings with, more than one person there and that makes it difficult to open up but yeah it's just trying to give them a safe space to have a conversation and let them know that you're there for them no matter what you know and that's what friends are for yeah I definitely think in school growing up I think I had a friend that had a bit of a and probably like an eating disorder and I reckon I look back and I'm like I handled that so terribly like Mm. the things I would have said to her like just so 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 unhelpful mm. um I reg- I literally look back and regret it so much there's just <laughs> it, yeah, I think it's hindsight. just that though because you look back when you're in high school and you look at, at the way that you handle situations and the lack mm. of skills that we have to like really I don't know like I feel like looking into this now and like looking um at children in school, it's like, you know, if someone has a like a mental illness or if someone suffers from depression, you're like, oh, that person, you know, it's like, whereas yeah. now, mm-hmm. and that's what I it. think, that's why I think, and like like with the with the eating disorder thing, it's like people are always seen as like a, di- a, a different mm. person. Like they're like, well, they're not one of us yeah. because they suffer from this, but we really, really, really in high school lack the skills to be able to help each other, I think anyway, Literally. because we're just so like, caught up in like school and partying and you know going through puberty and all this sort of stuff that we really do yeah exactly exactly so I think that 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 you going to these schools Cooper and having these talks with these students it's it's helping them so so much and I think it would have been so valuable when we're at school like it should almost be a compulsory subject like you know you used to have um healthy Harold used to come in the bus and he was Mm. the giraffe and like he talked about eating and healthy eating and all this like that happened every single year and the school had like it was a compulsory element in the curriculum I do feel like these talks that you do Cooper and whether it's through you or through anyone else it should be a compulsory subject almost and it doesn't have to be every week I mean it'd be amazing if it was every week but once or twice a, a year or a quarter they should have these talks yeah, and it's the way that it's uh, um, 
it's the way that it's given it as well, the talk, because there is a lot of people doing what I'm doing, but most of them go in and focus on spotting the signs. This is what depression looks like. These are the right numbers to call. Super important, but they're really important for the one in five that are in that category that is suffering a mental illness. But the four in five who don't have, uh, who aren't struggling or who are on the verge of struggling that don't have the skills to get them out of that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be more of a preventative thing. Like I'm not a professional. I'm not... Um, trained in psychology i'm just trying to i've done a lot of research in my own ways and i've got my mental health first aid course i've done a science of well-being course i do have a bit of education behind me and i've read probably 50 self-development books and have a very good understanding of how i work and that's what i'm trying to do being a young professional surfer hopefully just inspire people to make some changes and take some responsibility and take accountability for their own mental health because so often if there was a magic pill i guarantee everyone listening right now if mm. i could give you a pill that was 100 percent safe and it lowered your heart rate it reduced stress it made you um retain memory better all these great benefits from meditation breath work reading all these different little things that you can do and implement into your life that have a positive effect on your well-being. We're not taught about. We're taught about if you're struggling, call this number. It's like, well, like it just makes it an option. <laughs> like, whereas yeah, yeah, I think it should be more. So, like, here, here are the skills. If you're struggling, maybe try and do this and continue to do yeah. this. And it is starting. But I mean, the stats that came out. Like, I'll give you some stats from New South Wales in 2020 from the New South Wales Emergency Department of Mental Health. In 12 to 17 year olds, the self harm rate last year was up 25% to 12,500 self harm um, cases in 12 to 17 year olds in just New South Wales. Is that wow. not crazy? That's crazy. Like goosebumps. 12 <sighs> to 17 year olds, there's 12,500 self harm <sighs> rates. And, but, and an interesting They're stat though, in New, South, in New South Wales mm. in 2019 to 2020, the suicide rate was actually down 5%. Do you think a lot of it has to do with phones and social media and everything the past few years? Oh, 100%. I think definitely more so just online bullying is a massive thing. People can hide behind screens. Yes. And people, what like when we were at school, you'd get bullied and you'd go home and you'd have your sanctuary to go home to your family and you'd be away from it. Nowadays, you get bullied at school, you go home and you get bullied online. It's like I feel for kids now. It's tough. You get bullied in your safe place. Yeah, totally. I, I fully agree there. I think social media, like, yes, yeah. it's great. You know, I, I I just think that it's taken a lot of, um, like, connection from people because we're so attuned mm. to these apps and Instagram and Facebook and all mm. that sort of stuff. And I just feel like we don't talk as much. Like, you sit at restaurants and, like, you know, wherever you are and people are, like, on their phones, on Instagram, <laughs> at a table with someone. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what? It's crazy. <laughs> I catch what myself literally yesterday. Yeah. I caught myself from walking to the toilet in my room to walking back to the kitchen <laughs> to get my phone out of my pocket and checked Instagram. And I was like, what are you I'm doing? So like, yeah. I walked five meters and I couldn't not get my phone out of my pocket. Like, I'm terrible oh, with it. And it's, love- I'm terrible. I'm shit with it too. I use the excuse, like, oh, it's for work. But I'm like, nah, it's yeah. bullshit, mate. Like, and you can same. put that, you can put that like timer on Instagram. I, I have a timer on Instagram where it like alerts mm. me when I've been on it for a one hour a day. But I've turned off all my, my um, notifications. Like, I get nothing, nothing. I've probably have mm, had that for smart. quite some time. Ever since I've been going through the, all this shit the last few, two years, um, I have. I don't get any message message notifications on Instagram. I get no like notifications. I get nothing. The only way that I'll get notified about something is if I actually physically open the app. 
Um, and it's just good. I, I like that. I like that. I get my mm. text messages, my SMS, and my phone calls, but that's it. Like, like I, it mm. kind of just keeps it away. You, you're not constantly. You, you don't kind of like see it pop up, and it's like, oh, you know, yeah. you, you're not. You don't want. You don't need to pick up your phone as soon as you see that you've got a message come through. I mean, I'd I don't say know you actually are really mindful, Chloe, of putting your phone down. And sometimes, like, we'll go for a walk on the beach, and you'll be like, "Let's leave our phones here and go for a walk on the like, you know." Yeah, you, like I try my hardest. Are. I think, like, I know that I've definitely had some times, like, recently where I'm on it twenty four seven. I'm like, this is so <sighs> shit. It is like, get no, I don't, I don't. Yeah, but at least but, we like, acknowledge it a, and know that, mm. and can say yeah. this. What you're saying right now is so important. Yeah. Um, and then, so Cooper, I know that we, we, we touched on meditation is like, and journaling and stuff They're they're like the biggest points that we kind of all agree, um, help us with our mental health. Like so many people have been in lockdown for so long and like, you know, are there any other ways that you can rattle off that in addition to journaling and in addition to meditation that can help empty your bucket? Will empty their bucket. Def- I mean, something that I've really got into recently, and I literally, Chloe sent me a photo for everyone listening yesterday of her dressing table for some reason when she was hungover, and it had the Wim Hof book, and I've been reading Wim Hof's book as well. So, breath work is like changing my life every single day. Breath work and cold exposure. The amount of science and data behind, if anyone hasn't heard of him, Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F, he's created a technique of breathing which over-oxygenates your body and all diseases, pretty much all diseases come from inflammation and inflammation comes from being your body being acidic. So this breathing technique and cold immersion is a great way to deal, to learn how to deal with stress, to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that when in real life an uncomfortable situation comes up, you can deal with it. So, I mean, I won't go super into it, but definitely something to check out is the Wim Hof technique, um, breathing. It's unbelievable. It'll change your life. I can't recommend enough to get the book, to look up online around Wim Hof and understand the science behind it because it's really sad. The amount of data that they've gathered and the amount of testing they've done on him to prove that what he's doing is amazing, but pharmaceutical and big business mm. like you know what i mean people aren't going to be promoting hey do this you're going to be able to heal yourself without needing to mm. buy all these pills and use these injections yeah. for free so anyone listening and obviously everyone who listens to this awesome podcast is quite open to trying things and self-discovery and mm. self-development but yeah breath work is something that unbelievable it's um definitely worth looking into um what else and what goes with that is cold showers like every morning now I wake Ugh, up I brush my teeth can't. and I get straight into it I can't eat like it sucks I hate it but oh. now I kind of enjoy it I kind of I kind of get in and like scream and go like oh this oh. sucks but I know I've gone through something super hard and I can get through anything in the now through the day and it yeah, just shocks a bit the of cold water on your you back yeah. <laughs> I can't you deal up, with but. the cold but I know that <laughs> feeling after and it's a bit addictive yeah Oh, see, ice baths, but um, see, that's a big one. Meditation, obviously, is a huge one for me. Reading, something that I really try and do a lot. It's a great way to be mindful and switch off from technology. Um, and kindness, that's my big one. Gratitude and kindness. They're like, it's so easy to send a friend a message that just like sit there and think one day, like who's done something for me that I haven't thanked them properly for? Send them a message. It'll make you feel great but it'll make them feel amazing too. It's like two birds with one stone, yet we don't do that that often. I, like, I've like i been really trying to practice three things every day that went well for me 
that I'm grateful for. And it's just a great way to shift your mindset. And I know so many people are in lockdown, like I'm in lockdown right now, but if you can find three little things, it could be like you sneezed and it felt really good today. Like you can find anything, but it's more so the mindset shift. <laughs> wow, I love um, this. Bro, honestly, these single girls, don't forget. Cooper um, also gave, I don't know if you still do, but he has these gratitude cards and he gives them to cafes. So when people buy a coffee, they go away to their table and they write like to someone, what is it like you a couple of things that you're it grateful. It just says two, I want to thank you for. Just write three things yeah. that you're grateful for. Take a photo, send it to them. We did that on Christmas Day. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's right. We had them at Christmas um, lunch. Yeah, oh, we had Christmas lunch. Um, also, something I'm interested in, herbal supplements and, um, yeah, like natural remedies. Do you Do you get into any of those, like to kind of ease and calm your mind? Um, uh, to be honest, I've never been, I've like tried lots of things like life cycle, my friend's brand, which is mushroom tinctures are really helped me a lot with sleep. The reishi drops are amazing. Yeah. Um, and calming my mind and the lion's mane, um, mushroom drops are really good for focus and, uh, yeah, setting your mind. But I've never been a huge, I've right now I've been taking spirulina tablets, like five spirulina tablets morning and night, just because my diet's pretty average and it makes me feel like I'm getting my green intake if I just take five little green tablets every day. <laughs> I might get on but to yeah, that. I, I'm, I'm not a good person really to ask about <laughs> nutrition and supplements because I think we can do most of it through breathing, through like seriously read the Wim Hof book and you'll be like, all right, I don't need any supplements. I don't need any medication anymore. Like the amount of people who have been healed from debilitating diseases because of this breathing and mindset and cold immersion is crazy. I've yeah. literally been carrying that book on my travels for nearly a year now and I think I've read, read one page. Well, I've I've brought two wow. books away. It was like that Good Vibes, Good Life. I love that book that I'm reading at the moment. But I keep on going, which book am I going to read today? Which book? And I'm like, oh, Wim Hof, too hard basket, fonts too small. Let's go with them with the pictures. <laughs> but I've nearly finished my other ones. I'm all about font. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. nearly a finished the other one. small book with a big font. Thank you. Yes, yes. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to start the Wim Hof one next week. But I've, I've watched a few of his um, – there's the – he did it one on – Elodie, did he do uh, an episode with Gwyneth Paltrow on Goop on Netflix? And there's one on Wim, Wim Hof. Hof. Yeah. There's like a there's like a twenty minute yeah. episode on yeah if you mm. Google it I don't know so I watch that and it's so interesting like I I oh, know a lot crazy. of people that use his breathwork techniques and they say it changes their yeah. life I, I I like I said I haven't done it myself <laughs> um, I have done a few of the a few times but not actively. <laughs> Oh, well, like, so I've been recently a, a friend of mine, and this is something in that 1% Good Club, I want to offer all the members some self-development things for free once a month. So I think we had like 50 people join in. I did a free Zoom with one of my friends who's a breathwork coach, and it goes for 45 minutes. It's crazy. Like normally every morning I'll do 20 minutes, but when you go past like 20 to 40, it's ser- it like literally releases like DMT in your brain once you start getting more into it and learning how to control you like learning how to get really deep into it and you can hold like i can hold my breath for like three minutes on an empty like breathe out and then hold my breath for three minutes because this way of breathing is kind of hyperventilating and over oxygenating your body but then it's re-pumping like really good oxygenated blood through your body which fights disease fights um helps reduce stress because it helps reduce inflammation and it's um, those happy hormones as well, the DMT. Yeah, like serotonin, about. all these wow. things. It's just 
Yeah, I actually did a course. I did a I did a class once, maybe like a couple of years ago in LA, and it was like pretty much like a guided version of that. And I swear, I kid you not, I remember we were laying down there like you might have these like crazy experiences. Start laughing, and like my, start crying. My hair, like people were bawling their eyes out around me. Mm. My hands like completely locked up. Like I was literally like they were completely locked together, my fingers, and I was like stuck to the ground. I remember trying to like because you're like literally going like for so long like for maybe 10 minutes you're like you said you're hyperventilating but your body goes into this like crazy like experience that you're like wow this is all happening just from this just breathing, from breathing technique and you That's do thing, you feel like, amazing the, the after real briefly the technique is like 30 to 40 deep breaths like feeling your stomach up your chest up and then letting it out you do 40 breaths and then you on the 40th one you breathe out and you hold your breath and you go like in my one I do every day now, I go like a minute my first round, minute and a half the second round, two minutes the third round, and two and a half minutes breath hold the third, fourth round. And it's like you blow yourself away how long you can hold your breath for. Like think about how long two and a half minutes is to be able to hold your breath on an empty lung with no oxygen. It's crazy. Maybe, but yeah, looking maybe we it, can about it. Maybe, yeah, maybe one day. Get we Wim Hof on. Yeah, yeah, Wim Hof, if you're listening. Hola. Yeah, maybe we'll do like a bit of a next time if we yeah. get on coops, like we'll a bit a, of a, we'll a guided meditation person. and a breathing work, breath work, yeah. Hmm. For sure. That'd be cool. Um, well, Chloe, I I was thinking we should put <laughs> coops. What, where is this going? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, I, I love when she does thinking, this. Well, I'm just going to go rogue and have a thought out loud. Okay, so go, 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 go. Darling. <laughs> Darling's listen. Darling, shine. Um, no, look, Coops travels around Australia when COVID's not being a little fuck um, and delivers, you know, his wisdom to young school kids, stuff that I wish, like as I said, did not have the skill set to deal with my friend that was ha- having her own mental health episodes. When I was growing, going through school, I wish I had a Cooper that came to my school and gave us these strategies. So, Coops, we love what you do. You go to schools, you spread the awareness. You've already spoken to so many kids and helped them, but you are going to continue to do that. So I was thinking, Chloe, we should donate a portion of our earnings from this episode and also maybe set up a GoFundMe page for others to maybe donate to the Good Human Factory so that Cooper Absolutely. can continue to go and spread his wisdom. Oh, you guys are too nice. I appreciate that. But, yeah, it's the, one of the big things I do run into is schools say they have lack of funding for my services. It ends up being about $10 a student um, and, unfortunately, a lot of schools can't uh, accommodate that. So, yeah, any every $10 raised, I'll go and put on some workshops on behalf of Darling Shine and your beautiful audience, um, hopefully around a few places in Australia. But, yeah, I appreciate and, the and so kindness could- and generosity. Cooper, oh, if people yeah. actually do want to um, book your sessions or if they're a school or if they're a, a sporting team or a corporate um, company, uh, where can they find you and, like, how do they book a session? And how many so people are in this human fact, really? So I, I cater for everything. So I cater for school group. I've done school groups up to 500 in a hall. I've done school groups with 10 kids in it. I've done corporates with a group of 100 online, I've done, I, I can cater for basically any group. Um, but the best way to find it is just the goodhumanfactory.com on the workshops page. There's a lot of testimonials, data, feedback, and a booking form to request um, a bit more information. 
Um, and then, yeah, on the website, there's a whole bunch of stuff. We got, I do merch as well. I've got like little be kind to your mind shirts, which have been really cool. And that's kind of the best way if you're not, um, in a position to book a workshop or something, if you want to support, yeah, the website, I do have some really cool merch. There's some photos of me and Chloe modeling it on there, which is pretty funny, but yeah, it's, I'm just trying to give people an easy way to promote mental health. So like my shirts, a lot of my shirts say like, be kind to your mind. So simple. Love but it's it. just those little simple reminders that we need sometimes. And the person that you're walking past in the street might need when you're wearing one of my shirts. And it's funny seeing them in the wild. I remember when I was with Chloe and we we're Wild. driving home from we we're driving home from getting <laughs> coffee at, at Burley with my mum a couple months ago. And she's like, Is that one of your shirts? And I was like, Oh, one in the wild. So if you want to um get <laughs> uh, so one of my shirts, it's um yeah, a great way to support. But I, I definitely appreciate any support because I do want to be doing these workshops because like you'll see on the website, the testimonials kind of speak for themselves that they're having good impact. So it's just trying to spread the program as far as I can. But I'm not going to be home until January. I'm going overseas. Well, I'm, when this episode's out, I'm going to be in America with Chloe probably and in Europe surfing, doing some surf events. But hopefully the country opens back up and come January, yeah. I'm booked to the rafters and doing these workshops because, yeah, that's what I'm super passionate about because, yeah, I don't really want any more kids to be taking their life or anyone in general to be taking their life or just people to be living in a dark haze of no escape if they can start to develop the skills to yeah live an enriched life that's what we all should be striving towards heartbreaking mm. yeah you're the best coops we'll um thank absolutely you so add much. all that info to the show notes yeah thank you so so much i think um I think a lot of the chicks will want to know about your dating life too. So can you, <laughs> Coopstall, can you just um, elaborate on that? Oh, I'm dating my job. No, I've, I've oh, had a Oh, my God, I was about life. to say, I thought he was about to say I'm dating, I'm dating someone. I'm like, what? No, 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 I just thought you were going to say a girl's name. I'm like, excuse me, who? How do I not know? So this is what I have to deal with, everybody listening. I've got three sisters and And Elodie. Anytime I bring a and and Elodie. I bring and Fisher to deal with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime I bring a girl home, it's major scrutiny. Oh, you'll have to deal with my you'll have to deal with our Christmas lunches with Chloe and Fish and Elodie and our family is a bit crazy, but very, very great family. You have to have balls to go around there for your first family dinner with the girls. <laughs> oh, what about our family dinners at, down luck. in Narrabeen, Elodie? You would have been, oh, you can't get turbo. a word in. You and then fi- yeah. it's just argument after argument and then Fisher feeding the fire with my mum and her. It's always somebody's oh. getting ganged up on. That's Between, why I feel like. <laughs> yeah, Fisher, Alison and Chloe, you cannot get a word in. Everyone's yelling at each other. There's food fights, fucking gnarly. But it, yelling so in a good way. It's, so it's just like it's like the debate. It's like the great debate yeah. Yeah. every dinner. But I wouldn't hilarious. change it for the world. And I, I find it crazy looking back that families don't sit around the dinner table every night. Like Sporty. I'd go to a friend's house when I was a kid and they didn't have to sit around the dinner table and I was like, yeah, this is epic. And now as an adult I look at it and I'm like, mm. that was some of the best moments of my life was sitting around that dinner table and having conversations. I mean, look back to the start of this, our conversation the good human factory started from Sophia being open enough to talk to us about her friends losing their life at our dinner table. So anyone listening, if you don't sit around the dinner table every night, it's a great way to have conversations, switch off from the phone and appreciate your food. Paul and I still eat at a dinner table, just the two of us, whenever we're Whenever yeah. we make dinner, it's like sit down, the placemats come out, the knives and forks, we sit yeah. down. But mm. yeah, I think that that's like yeah. enough to wrap up this episode. It was, I mean, I learned stuff. I'm, I'm going to go away from this and I'm going to try and meditate. I'm going to go with like once every second day and then I'll work up mm. to the, and I want to start journaling again. I actually really want to do that 
before you go to bed, write down three things that you were grateful for that day. Because I actually did, yeah. um, I had another session with a psychic the other day and she's like, you have to do this. Like you have to go to bed mm. with a grateful mind. So um, it's And I so often with it, gratitude. But- <laughs> so often with gratitude, people think, I'll do gratitude today. And they go, I'm grateful for the ocean. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for food. And it's like, you're pretty pigeonholed for tomorrow now. So that's why it's important to just think about your day. Think about what well went well in your day. Like I said, it can be simple. Could be, I had a great coffee this morning. Somebody smiled at me when I walked mm. past. It's just the mindset shift. Like your psychic said, living in a gratitude mindset, it just makes you appreciate what you do have and not focus on what you don't have. And what we got told every day as a kid was appreciation, not expectation. And mm. I look back and when I was a kid, I used to just think it was because dad was a scab and didn't want to give us five bucks for a magnum <laughs> and would give us a dollar for an icy pole. But <laughs> it tells us appreciate the icy pole. You're not getting a magnum. But, but now I look back. And, but, but now I look back and he was just pretty pushing on us gratitude in his own way. Totally. Yeah. Appreciate the little things. And maybe that's what our listeners can try and get out of today is maybe leave saying maybe I'll try meditating each day or or breath, some breath work each morning or journaling. So, Or even just also, check in and say, where am I at? Like, And I also think as well like a, a key taking would be like you don't need to be fixed. It's not something that needs to be fixed. It's just something that needs to be worked journey. on. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. something that is just like a daily, something that you need to do daily to work on for yourself. Hmm. But it's not something that, that that doesn't exist to fix you as a whole and to not, you know, feel these things. Because you, no matter what, no matter, even if you're the most happiest, healthiest, fittest human in the world, you're still going to have thoughts that you don't want. So I think that, hmm. um, uh, yeah. A, a good metaphor is imagine your mind's like a garden. If you don't, do your mm. gardening every now and then. You're going to get weeds. You're going to overgrow and it's going to be a shit show up there. You've got to always be up there trimming the hedges. You're always going to be up there pulling the weeds out and you want to have a beautiful garden up there. And to do that, you have to do little things that take care of your mind from meditation, breath work, being kind to people, showing gratitude. These are all things to help garden and pick, like you know what I mean, keep it I nice, look, not looking nice up there. You don't want an overgrown jungle or that's when you can't, it's very hard to get out. So it's always about maintenance. That's the key word. Yeah. Mental that's health maintenance. true, darlings. Rome was Good not built it. in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to close this one out. Thank you so much, Cooper, for coming on. Um, it was it was very, very insightful. I know that I, I can't wait to hear how Elodie goes with her meditating. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and breathing, yeah. No, it's beautiful to come on. I'm very um, grateful to be able to share a few insights and hopefully inspire some of the listeners to maybe change their perception when it comes to mental health. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to having both you guys on my podcast one day. Thank you so much. And, guys, if you have any spare change, please donate it to the GoFundMe page. We're going to put the link um, in the show notes but also in our Instagram bio as well to the Good Human Factory GoFundMe page. Woohoo! Thanks, Thank guys. You, Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>